All right, Evan. So you went to how many baseball games this weekend? I went to four baseball games, Nathan. I was living your best life. Yeah, I, I'm kind of jealous. I only went to one. <laughs> Granted, the one that I went to was an Orioles walk-off fielder's choice. But can you tell me about the one baseball game that you went to where the home team won? Or I guess the home team won all four, now that I think about it. So on Sunday, there was a team wearing light blue and red that really, you know, put together a great performance. You know, the starting pitching was really good. Nice to see on a on a Sunday afternoon. Um, you know, uh, got some timely hits, got some runs. I, I believe the final score was six to two. The uh, the opposing team, of course, made it interesting late, making it four to two in like the seventh inning, but got some insurance run. It was actually five to two, got an insurance run in the uh, bottom of the eighth to really kind of put it away. It felt like, uh, you know, it felt like the, the good old blue and red were going to bring it home, you know, make everybody proud um, on a Sunday afternoon in front of, uh, you know, about 35,000 fans. Yeah, you got to really admire Dallas Baptist for, you know, really putting together those bleachers at the last. Just kidding. That, then again, yeah, the Texas Rangers and Louisiana Tech both score the same amount of runs in game three of their collective weekend series. But the Bulldogs allow 10 runs to Dallas Baptist. Yeah, uh, I would. I for one would welcome Jacob deGrom uh, to the Sunday pitching rotation. Uh, <laughs> is that where Jacob deGrom is now? He's a Texas yep. Ranger. He sure is. And he wow. pitched on Sunday. And All right. Does he have any college eligibility left? <laughs> Please. Please. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. And I'm dead after four baseball games. And Matt's dead <laughs> for unrelated parenting reasons, but <laughs> tech lost... Three straight games in Dallas. Tech has gone to Salad backwards and died, but they beat Southern Miss beforehand. So, I mean, it's not a total wash. We didn't lose four straight games because we beat Southern Miss. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah, Well, well, you say that. We're about to play Southern Miss again. We didn't lose four straight games yet. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We still have the opportunity to lose four straight games. But yeah, you're right. After sweeping FIU, we continued that momentum going into Southern Miss. The blew out game at JC Love Field at Pat Patterson Park. The Bulldogs won that one three to one and then lost three straight blowouts to Dallas Baptist, including yep. a Saturday doubleheader that was just not any fun. Even watch on TV, I can't imagine being in the ballpark for it. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. I don't know that we really need to go through these. So, my overall impression from the weekend, okay? Dallas Baptist, number 18 in the nation right now. Uh, they're that good or better. They're, they are very, very good. Tech is not a very good baseball team right now. We're, like, fine at times when we can put it together against a bad team. And, hey, we, we beat number 24 Southern Miss last week, too. So, like, we can be okay. We can be good. But Dallas Baptist is excellent right now. They've won something like 15 straight games, you know, they, they, just, the, their they, last loss to was was to us in Ruston yeah. back I in came early. Out of this series actually, late March. Like, yeah, I came out of this series feeling like we were lucky to win one against this team. That's how good I feel like they are. And yeah, it sucks because you know we hope we turn a corner. We beat Southern Miss. We swept FIU. We're sitting here, you know, looking at a four game win streak. Um, but yeah, I came out of that series. You know, it's nine to one on Friday. 
you know, they, they scheduled the double header, two nine inning games. Um, you know, I, I committed to, to go to both of them and <laughs> I got Catherine to come out and join me for the first one, but she went, uh, she went home after that, after the 11 to three, uh, showing there. And, uh, I think what stood out to me most about Saturday was that it went from being like absolutely beautiful weather for baseball. It was a little overcast, but 75 degrees, you know, not really that breezy, just like perfect still weather in the first game. Then there's a 45 minute break and the second game, which started probably around six or five forty-five or something like that, uh, pretty much immediately dropped down to like 60 degrees with like a 15 mile an hour wind coming at you at all times. So it was like kind of cold. The first game I'm in shorts and a t-shirt and I'm really comfortable. And like Catherine's wearing a tank top, like we're good. I'm glad she went home though, because if we had stayed, like if she had stayed, like she definitely would not have made it very long because like I was freaking freezing by the end of the game in my t-shirt and shorts. And I was pacing not because the game was close because it wasn't, but because I was cold. <laughs> so a, uh, a new, a new pace entered the lexicon, I guess the, uh, the, you know, preservation. Yeah. Trying to keep warm pacing. Um, but yeah, I mean, Nathan, do you want to talk about any of these games like in detail? I don't know. I don't think five. in detail. I mean, these were all blowout games that Dallas Baptist had the entire way. I, I guess the exception is the late Saturday game where Tech jumped out to a three-run yeah. lead after the top of the first. Yeah. But even then... Nice uh, to I, get three three hits in the first inning after we got two hits in the entire first game of Saturday. Yeah, and you think maybe they, they'll have something going here. They allow one run in the bottom of the first and three runs to make it a 4-3 to three game in the bottom of the second there. And then, again, Dallas Baptist goes on to win that Sunday game 10-5. to five. It just felt like the entire weekend... Not what was the point, but Tech was outclassed, uh, yep. let's see, out hit, and I believe all three games, absolutely oh, yeah. all three games, 12 to 8, 10 to 2, and 13 to 6, uh, not, and, and out run, ran, right? <laughs> Outscored 9 to 1, 11 to 3, and 10 to 5, just yep. dominated in this game. Um, you mentioned the weather change between the top half and the second half of the doubleheader on Saturday. I feel like the official weather report doesn't do it justice. 73 degrees with winds at the east southeast to 11 8 to 11 miles per hour for the first game it only has us drop three degrees and the winds pick up by one mile per hour for yeah, the second that's probably game true at like the first pitch but like by yeah. the third inning it was very and also i mean i i commented to some of the blue tech blue guys shout out to those guys i don't think they listen to our show but um a bunch of no, blue, tech blue guys out there we were just kind of kind of being like man like Normally you see a guy pitch the first time and then you get better the second time. I don't know if this is true, but it felt like we did not have a hit between the second and sixth innings. So I don't know what happened there. I mean, uh, the but- hard part of it is that, yes, you're seeing a pitcher for the second time. We saw Ryan Johnson, Braxton Bragg, and even Brady Rose, who picks up the win in the late Saturday game a couple weekends ago. But we've seen quite a few pitchers between those. And so it's harder to tee up on those guys when you're not going from facing Ryan Johnson a week ago, you're facing him a few weeks ago, and all the batters in between have kind of muddled your memory a little bit. Uh, Then again, Ryan Johnson looked a lot better in this game. He looked like the guy that we talked about a few weeks ago, even though he allowed seven hits over six innings pitched. He only allowed that one earned run, and that's part due to only allowing one walk over his six innings pitched 
If you're allowing singles, even doubles at times, if you can keep those walks and keep those base paths clear, you'll have a good night like you did on Friday night. Nine strikeouts as well. Yeah. I mean, just just the whole weekend, it felt like at times we got like guys on second and third with one out or two outs. And I remember one specifically, the bases were either loaded or or we had second and third with one out. And the next two guys just struck out like swinging at wild pitches, basically. And it was like, I mean, it's not like getting a hit there would have won us the game. We lost all these games by multiple runs, but just like. In terms of momentum, like, okay, all right, like he's been shutting us down, but he walked a guy or hit a guy. And now actually, I don't think any, I don't think anybody got hit by a pitch this weekend. I could be wrong, but anyway, you know, okay. Like a guy gets a single and then there's an error. So we got first and second, and then there's a wild pitch. So we're second and third. So we don't have any hits, but you know, the next two guys come up and it's like, you know, some of the guys in our lineup right now, you're like, oh man, he's coming up. Like, and I don't like feeling like that, but it's just like. Some of these guys are so cold right now that it's like tough to see like, okay, he's going to get a clutch hit here to like bring us back into this game, you know, and we haven't experienced that in a while. And it just, it's kind of sucks. Yeah. The one hit by pitch on the entire weekend by the Bulldogs or that tech was the recipient of was Philip Matuli in the top of the seventh on the late Saturday game that was with the bases loaded and ended up scoring the run of Dalton Davis from third to make it a nine to four ball game. But that's the only one, a team that kind of, I don't want to say lives and dies by the hit by pitch, but tech has won games by taking advantage of mistakes by the other team. And Dallas Baptist just didn't make too many mistakes over the course of this weekend. Um, yeah. The one thing I want to point out, just kind of setting the tone here, the Friday game in the fifth inning to top it off in uh, the top of the fifth, Philip Matulia singles, Ethan Bates singles, Adarius Meyer singles. We have the bases. Well, I guess not the bases loaded because Philip Matulia scores there to make it a 3-1 Dallas Baptist game. But we have three straight singles to open the inning. And then we record three straight outs, a strikeout, a pop out and a ground out to the end of the inning. And instead of maybe tying it at three or I mean, best case scenario, they're taking a little bit of a lead. We're only able to score one. And then Dallas Baptist makes it a six to one ball game in the next half inning. They were able to take advantage of their leadoff single. And then he stole second. Tech was able to turn a ground out, but then a home run given up the next at bat. And then another home run later in that inning to make it that six one ball game. I just felt like Tech was putting themselves in position to take advantage. But either the Bulldogs weren't able to take advantage of it or Dallas Baptist was able to limit the mistakes to keep the Bulldogs off the scoreboard. And I mean, that's what a number, what 19, 18, whatever they are team does. That's what tech was able to do a year ago. It's okay to make mistakes if you're able to keep them off the scoreboard, but tech was just not able to take advantage of those mistakes over the weekend. Yeah. And I don't think this is like an all is lost moment. I think Dallas Baptist is a, a very, very, very good team and they are absolutely on a tear right now. It just, it definitely shows us where we're at, right? I mean, we swept FIU and you're like, okay, are we, are we good? Or is FIU bad? Or, you know, uh, both of those things can be true. And then do we put up a fight against Dallas Baptist, right? Maybe we take one or maybe we get swept, but it's like five to four and 10 to nine and, you know, a walk off or something. No, like Dallas Baptist was coasting through the end of these games. Um, and you know, it sucked to see. And I was there. I mean, their campus, their campus, first of all, blew me away. Very, very nice. Uh, 
lots of private school money, I guess. I have some things um, to say about the broadcast, which was actually pretty good. I, I made a tweet on Friday because I was at a different baseball game. I went to an Orioles game that night, um, and the tweets seemed pretty dark uh, with the contrast level and stuff. But you know, I watched the games on Saturday. They were they were quite a bit of fun. Uh, the color commentary and the play by play, no complaints there. Um, the one thing I I do want to say is that going to patriotbroadcastnetwork.com, I think put me on some sort of list. Uh, I, I Googled it. I couldn't remember what it was called. I was like, it's Patriot something. And it was like on the second page of Google results. Uh, that was really my only complaint about it. They put together a pretty good broadcast, a pretty good showing. I know with our move to ESPN plus in the future, we won't have Kusa.tv. I need to go ahead and turn off my auto renewal that's scheduled to to renew sometime in May. Uh, they they put money into their production and it shows. Um, I yeah. could do without the advertisements that repeated every break by the guy uh, trying to sell me a house in the Dallas Baptist in the in the Dallas Fort Worth area, but I mean that's just me. You know, it's funny. I could have actually listened to that, but um, but yeah, I mean their stadium really really nice. I think it's about ten years old, but it's um. You know, it's very nice. It was very funny. They didn't like I, you know, I paid for a ticket and like no one was taking tickets. They just had the gate open <laughs> both like both times I came in and uh, or actually all three times because I walked Catherine back to her car after the second game um, and came back in and like, nope. And uh, and but then when Catherine came, they did take her ticket. So I don't know, like maybe I just look like I belong at Dallas Baptist, which doesn't make me feel great. But uh, <laughs> here we are. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I know this is kind of a weird order, but the Southern Miss game did happen. You want to recap that to get us uh, get us a little bit, um, get our spirits up here and also yeah. serve as a preview for this next midweek game we have? Yeah, I think that makes sense because again, tomorrow, or I guess tomorrow as we record this today as it comes out, Louisiana Tech will travel to Hattiesburg, Mississippi to take on the Golden Eagles of Southern Miss, a team oh, that they have... Home. Yes, we will be going home to a team that we have beaten already this year, this past week. The number 24 Southern Miss Eagles traveled to Ruston to play at the Love Shack and lost this game 3-1. to The Bulldogs did not blow a 3-1 lead. Uh, scoring did not happen at all for either team until the fourth inning, where George Corona was able to double to left field to score Brody Drost. Uh, USM was able to tie the game up next inning in the fifth, uh, thanks to a sacrifice fly. But a Walker Birchfield home run to break the tie in the fifth and a George Corona home run to provide some insurance in the eighth proved to be the winning runs in this one as the Bulldogs win this game three to one. Yeah. Tech out hit an opponent, a ranked opponent, a good opponent, eight to four. And not, yeah, not just out hit, but doubled the hit total of a very good team in Southern Miss. That's what had us so happy about going into this Dallas Baptist weekend was not that we think we're better than Dallas Baptist because most of the season has proven otherwise, but maybe we can steal a game or two and it didn't happen. But I mean, hopes were high throughout the later part of this week. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, great stuff from Reed Smith uh, with the start. He went five innings, three hits allowed um, one earned run only walked two and struck out one, but you know, really efficient with this pitching, not allowing a lot of hits. So yeah, I mean, and then Harlan comes in and has a clean slate for two and a third. Love that. And Tompkins with the save, you know, allows one hit, um, but uh, but ultimately retires the other uh, six batters he faced. Is that right? 
he went one and two thirds. So I guess he, I guess he faced six batters and retired five of them. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, just really good stuff from tech. A couple of two hit days, Brody Drost, uh, or Drost. That's how they pronounce it. I think it just rhymes with frost. So I think we're going to settle on it's Drost. I've heard that it, I keep wanting to say Brody Drost because they both have the same O sound, but they're not the same. It's Brody Drost. Okay. Okay. Well, apologies to Mr. Drost and his family. Um, George Corona, two for two at the plate. Um, he also walked twice. Great to see there. And Will Safford with two hits. Nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, just a strong all around performance and to hold Southern Miss, which is known for its bats. And I believe just blew the like blew the doors off of whoever they played the weekend before this, you know, in terms of hits, like to hold them to four hits on the day. I mean, and, and hold uh, Slade Wilkes to zero sergeant to zero i mean these are names that y'all recognize as like, these are these guys can play right i mean and and to hold those guys to both zero and four at the plate is uh is uh pretty impressive for tech's midweek pitching staff yeah, the fact that dusty dickerson was able to get on base once via a hit but also was stranded there uh makes me feel good inside this game though i it makes me kind of want to look into ryan arland a bit uh he ends up with not the win or the save and not a hold either since tech doesn't uh, grab the lead until midway through this one, but ends up pitching two and a third ends up with no hits, no runs, no walks, no wild pitches, no hit by pitches uh, faces seven batters, gets four flyouts and three ground outs. He's sophomore slumping a bit this year. He was lights out last year. Um, at one point a year ago, his ERA was as low as 0.36 uh, <laughs> on March on sorry on April 20th, a year ago, uh, end of the year with a 3.21 ERA. So it, it went up a little bit. He's sophomore slumping a bit it is uh, ERA somewhere in the mid fives. I believe it's 5.26 at this point. I, I expect good things out of him next year. And I really think that's where I'm at with this baseball team right now is I'm seeing the pieces that could become huge next year. And that's not to write this season completely off, but I think we all agree and I think everybody would agree on the team, the coaching staff everywhere would agree. This team is underperformed. Oh yeah. Um, and the pieces are there And really to, sh- to, to criticize ourselves a few months ago, we were counting on basically every single new piece hitting. We're used to what we saw a year ago and we saw, okay, Brody Drost, he's from LSU. He'll be able to replicate what Taylor Young did a year ago. That's not yeah. quite the case. <laughs> That's, that's not fair, right? Yeah, that's and that's fair, not fair to him. That's not fair yeah. to anybody in that situation. But give these guys another year. I'm. It's it's too early to be excited about 2024 when 2023 has been disappointing. But I'm seeing the pieces here. I'm seeing what's happening, and this team can do good things. But this, I just don't. This is not the year for it. Yeah, and to touch on Harland a little bit. I mean, I think he's um, he's been given the ball a lot in tough situations this year. Um, and yeah, I think you're right. Like he's, I'm sure he's not happy with how he started the season particularly. Um, but he's probably the most reliable lefty we've got. Right. So like, you know, they're going to put him, they're going to put him out there to face, you know, certain lineups and certain matchups that are unfavorable to right-handed pitchers, but also unfavorable to him. Right. Cause you know, if, if guys can hit, they can hit in my opinion, but I know there's, advanced stats and all that nonsense for how they fare against different, you know, 
a, a righty versus a lefty, but Ryan Harland, I think, is really the only lefty out of the bullpen that we that Burroughs kind of trusts right now. It's been paying off more lately. You know, he did get shelled a little bit against DBU, gave up four hits in uh in three innings on the one of the Saturday games. I'm not sure which one, but um, you know, so he's he's been he's been kind of hit or miss this year, but we can count on him to to put up an inning or two usually at least against teams that we should be beating. <laughs> yeah, and- that's an interesting point, though, you make about the left-handed pitcher. Uh, I'm going down the lineup trying to find the next best left-handed pitcher by Tech, and it doesn't help when a player plays both an outfield or some other defensive position and pitcher. They don't list the handedness on the roster. But um, Justin Williams and uh, Ethan Bates aren't listed here. I believe they're both righties. The next best left-handed pitcher on this team is Caden Copeland who has the third worst ERA on the team at 10.13 yeah and he and he came in too so I mean I think there are some pieces on this team that either need more development or we're going to need to hit the portal or you start know. throwing with their other hand <laughs> yeah it's that simple yeah um but you know I, I do agree that there's some guys where you're just like man like you know like let's take Dross for example right he, he has two hits and four plate appearances against uh, Southern Miss and it's like okay man like Southern Miss is good right and I know their pitching isn't that great but like you come in it's a it's a close game it's you know a game that's going to be low scoring and you get two hits man and then like then you go a whole weekend without doing much and maybe I'm maybe I'm not remembering correctly here you're uh, well he did have two hits in the Friday game so maybe I'm not being fair to him but it's just with some of the guys, it's just a lack of consistency, you know? Yeah, I think that's been the big thing is that it's hard not to criticize this team this year, right? We're 20 and 21, but it's not yeah. even that great of a year. And we've struggled wholeheartedly. Offense, defense, pitching, fielding, batting, everything has been a struggle for this team. And we had such high hopes that we're kind of living in the shadow of the 2022 school, the 2022 team that kind of also lived in the shadow of the 2021 team. This is hard to watch at times. It's hard to get swept, right? It's hard to watch a team go to a conference rival, a team that we play twice, two different weekends this year and only win one of six games. Um, And that one win being the first one, I don't really have anything to say that makes me feel better about it. Other than the fact that we beat Southern Miss this week. And that's always a win in my book, but I'm I'm just I'm I'm frustrated at the losses, but I can see the pieces there that can make me hopeful about the future. And maybe that's just because I've been doing that all year for football, for basketball, hell for yeah. tennis. It it's feels like we've we we've seen good things happen, but not good enough to be able to take advantage of this year. Yeah. Well, why don't we uh so we're playing Southern Miss again Wednesday, six PM in Hattiesburg on ESPN plus. Um yes. so everybody Everybody check that out. Uh, hopefully we'll beat them again. They're down at our second home away from home. What about MTSU, Nathan? Can you tell me anything about this team? We're playing at MTSU um, Friday, 6 p.m., Saturday, 3 p.m., Sunday, 1 p.m., all on ESPN Plus as well. So that's that's good. Um, yeah, in your old stomping grounds of Murfreesboro, yeah. Tennessee. Yeah, I watched uh, – God, I'll have to – I'll have to see. I watched a game there in it would have been probably twenty the twenty fifteen season. 
because I was gone by the time the 2016 season rolled around. Let me go uh, see if I can figure that out while you talk a little bit about <laughs> about the team here. Yeah, the Blue Raiders so far this year are 21 and 19, 148 in RPI so far this season. Meanwhile, the Bulldogs are at 129. So the Bulldogs are a little bit higher rated, but this is a road series in Murfreesboro. Um, so the Blue Raiders are expected to win two of these games, the Saturday and Sunday games, by a final score of 8-4 to four and 7-5. to five. But the Bulldogs are expected to win the Friday game 6-1 to one, if we're going by Warren Nolan's RPI rankings. The Blue Raiders are 10-8 and eight in conference play. Uh, so far have uh, beaten Rice two games out of three. Got swept by UTSA, which is not a surprise. Swept Western Kentucky, swept FAU, got swept by FAU, took two or three from Western Kentucky. Also, Evan, fun fact, they play a, they played a school earlier this year called Evansville. Oh. And they won one of those games, shutting out, let's see, what are the Evansville? What are they? They are the Purple Aces. They shut out the Purple Aces on the Friday oh, night, yeah. March 10th, two to nothing, then lost both the Saturday and Sunday games five to three. So you're telling me that Evansville, the per- the Evansville Purple Aces won at Mid- at Middle Tennessee on my birthday, March 11th. That is very true. Nice. We should have gone to that instead of uh, <laughs> instead of where we were on my birthday. Why are but, they the um, Purple Aces? Is it a um, poker thing? So I think I think I figured out the game that I went to. It was 2015, April 10th. Tech lost two of the games um, against Middle Tennessee, but they won this one. It was a seven to three victory. And the reason why I'm pretty sure it was this one is because a, I thought I remembered us winning B there was a middle Tennessee fan sitting behind us who was talking to the pitcher uh, as if he was like his, his best friend basically uh, for, so he, so the pitcher's name was Jonathan Frebe or Frebus or something. And, uh, but, but the guy behind us just kept going like, all right, here we go, John, here we go, John, (laughs) like every single pitch. He's like, come on, John, come on. And it's like, all right, John, you got it, John. And it's like, dude, I don't know if this guy knows you like that, man. Like leave him alone. That's a first name basis kind of thing. But Jonathan, uh, did not have it. Indeed. He, he gave up, uh, five runs on six hits, only two earned runs though. Uh, so fielding, not really helping him out on that one. Uh, five errors by MTSU in this game. Yeah. The fun fact though. So tech plays Southern miss this week in the midweek game, the middle Tennessee. Again, I said that Warren Nolan's RPI predictor predicts only tech to win this Friday game, losing to Southern miss six to two, and then losing the Saturday and Sunday games in middle Tennessee. In fact, the Bulldogs are only predicted to win one more game outside of this weekend, the rest of the year, two more games total. So the Friday game against Middle Tennessee and the Saturday against the Saturday game against UAB in a week, uh, that's not great and making me feel really bad right now. Uh, yeah, because we're we don't even have a winning record right now. Yeah. So and granted, we're playing Middle Tennessee that has a winning record, FAU that has a history of success, an RPI of seventy eight, and granted a, a record not that much greater than ours, but away series in Boca Raton on Mother's Day weekend. And then our series, our season finale comes at home, but against UTSA, a team that's, I mean, you don't really say this about college baseball, but 20 games above 500, 30 and 10 with an RPI of 39. Uh, That's not a great team to finish the season uh, against. They've continued their success from last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
you know, so yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough road here, uh, especially knowing what we know about this team, but you know, looking at MTSU a little bit more, they've got two guys batting above 900 OPS, um, in Brett Coker, uh, he's, uh, batting 356 in the average department, 917 OPS. Um, and Jeremiah Boyd is uh, 302 average and 962. So their team batting average is uh, 291. So uh, a bit better than Tex, I believe. Looks like Jeremiah Boyd is their main RBI guy. He's got 37 and 12 home runs on the year. He leads both categories by quite a bit. Yeah, so how do you think this week goes? I mean, I I know last week I thought that we would lose the midweek game to Southern Miss, but win this week and had us winning one game at Dallas Baptist. Um, so I guess I got the one in three week prediction correct, even though the game's individually incorrect. But I feel much, I don't know, I feel much less good about this midweek game having won the previous one last week. And then I, I don't want to say we get swept by Middle Tennessee, even though it's on the road, I think maybe we won one game, but I, I really think it's another one in three week for the Bulldogs. Yeah, I agree. I think we win one at MTSU and, and lose to USM. You're spot on with my thinking. I, I mean, we played really well last week against USM and uh, we were kind of riding high from the weekend sweep. And uh, this week's going to be a little different. <laughs> the boys might not be as confident after getting their, uh, after getting uh, kind of an ass whooping here in Dallas. So I think they'll take one. I, I think I think Fincher can get it done against this uh, this lineup on Friday. They're pitching. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's it's not great, but it's better than ours has been. So that to me says that their bullpen can probably do better than ours can, especially in a home series. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think we'll take Friday night, uh, and that's it this week. It's a kind of a low bar to compare pitching staffs. Yeah. this year but yeah that's that's not great but i mean again like they did against southern miss this past week the bulldogs have proven us wrong before so hopefully they'll continue to prove us wrong by beating southern miss for a second time i mean that would be pretty good we get swept by you by ulm on the week on the year but sweep southern miss i don't know what that means but i mean that would be fun to see and then yeah i i just this baseball season has been underwhelming to an extreme degree and I, oh, yeah. I'm, whole, I'm I mean, almost every, waiting for it to be over, sport. but I'd love baseball too much for me to want it to be over. Yeah. I mean, every, every men's sport this year, uh, this academic year has been very underwhelming to be nice about it. Um, and how did and, golf do? Uh, golf is, uh, they're in the conference championship right now. Um, and yesterday our, one of our guys did really well. I didn't check today yet, but uh, I want to go to some other sad news here before we move on to some happier stuff. The uh, women's bowling season came to an end this past weekend at the USBC National Championship qualifying tournament. Um, Tech finished second in total pinfall um, in the qualifying matches, then moved on to the best of seven bracket. They fell in the first round against SCAD Savannah, which I'm pretty sure stands for Savannah uh, what is the C Savannah college of art and design, I believe. So yes, Savannah college of art and design Savannah. So interesting, uh, fell four to three in that. And then they defeated Duquesne four to two in their, uh, double elimination and then beat Lindenwood four to two and then beat SCAD Savannah four to zero to advance to the semifinals but then fell in their final game of the season four and a half to two and a half. So I believe that means there's a tie somewhere in there. 
you know, it's uh, it's tough that the season came to an end, but, you know, another good season for the Texters bowling team. So shout out to them and, uh, you know, excited to keep following you guys in the future. Yeah. The other heady sticks game of softball. The Lady Texters entered this weekend with a three-game winning streak after sweeping UTSA, continued their winning ways by sweeping UTEP. A Friday game, 10-7, a Saturday game, 7-2, and a Sunday game, 13-2. Followed that up by a win today as we record this on Tuesday, April 25th. The whiteout by defeating the Grambling State Tigers 3-0 to make their winning streak now seven, entering a weekend series Hell against yeah. Charlotte at Dr. Billy Bundrick Field in Ruston, Louisiana. Motherfucking Doc Billy's. Doc Billy's. I know they want to call it the Billy. The Billy. No. Put the respect that that man earned when he got his doctorate, okay? Doc Billy's. I'm trying to work on a t-shirt design for May that has like a Billy goat wearing a college hat. Nothing's really <laughs> worked yet, but... Uh, 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 that may come down the pipe. Um, yeah. One thing I wanted to call out, obviously seven game win streak. Exciting to see. I believe Charlotte is pretty good. So we may want to preview this a little bit actually. Um, but this past week, Kylie Neal, who we've mentioned before on the show was named conference USA player of the week for her performance. Um, the Louisiana tech outfielder was named the blenders. Eyewear conference USA player of the week. Um, what she is had, that? I, I don't know. Blenders eyewear. Um, shout out. Shout out to them. Not a sponsor of us, but a sponsor of Kylie Neal this week. Um, she batted 583 at the plate this week with seven hits, eight RBIs, two home runs, two doubles, a walk and five runs scored in tech sweep over UTEP out in El Paso. She had multiple hits, scored a run and had an RBI in all three games. And yeah, she she had a career high with three hits during the seven to two win of game two. Um, she's also on a 12 game hitting streak and an 18 game reach base streak. So yeah, really, really good stuff from Kylie Neal batting 583 across the three games. Huh. Yeah. It always shocks me. I'm looking into the Charlotte uh, stats that the fact that both the texters and the 49ers of Charlotte have each pitched what six pitchers total on the year. Yeah. I, I need to get used to looking at this. But yeah, I mean, good news for the lady texters here is that Charlotte's best pitcher, Sam Gress, has an area of 1.90. If she was on Tech's team, that would be the third best. Tech has three pitchers with an ERA south of two. Meanwhile, Charlotte just has the one. Uh, the other pitchers on the staff, uh, Lena Elkins, has the next best ERA with 3.72. So the lady texters may be able to get some runs across in this weekend series against Charlotte. Batting-wise, though, that's where the 49ers really uh, come to play. Bailey Vinoy, Madeline Wright, Cassidy Cruppet, and Ashley Washington each have an OPS north of 1, uh, with Ooh. Bailey Vinoy having an OPS of 1.217. The Lady Texers only have Kylie Neal with an OPS of above 1, and hers is just barely 1.009. So expect quite a few runs to be scored this weekend in the weekend series. And that's what Massey kind of predicts here. Even though they don't have any runaway games predicted, the computer poll predicts that the 49ers will win all three games. A 38% chance to win for each of these by the Lady Texters. Four to three final score predicted. Charlotte right now is 56 right now in Massey ratings. The Lady Texters are 96th. 
even after winning seven straight games. Okay. So uh, respect to Massey or whatever, but eh. nobody comes into motherfucking Doc Billy's. It's a goat with sweeps. a hat. Nobody sweeps the texters at Doc Billy's house. Get out of Doc Billy's face with that bullshit. Hell no. The texters are sweeping again. 10 game win streak coming up. Book it. Men's golf was mentioned. Um, I, I'm looking at the live stats page from results.golfstat.com. <laughs> that sounds real. <laughs> <laughs> the tournament was played in Texarkana uh, this past week. Actually, while we're talking about it, actually, this this current week, uh, Louisiana Tech currently leads in the par threes. Okay. Uh, we are middle of the pack in the par fours and in the lower third in the par fives. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. We've yet to get an eagle. I know that. Western Kentucky, UAB, and UTEP have each gotten an eagle. We've had 33 birdies so far, which is the most. That seems like a good thing. So are you competing on like a par-to-par basis? Or is it like... Evan, <laughs> you're asking the wrong guy. We don't know anything about sports, Nathan. We don't know anything about sports. Um... I saw I saw a tweet. I'm going to just go to their Twitter. Hold on, because that'll probably translate it for us a little bit. Hopefully this being said, W Patrick, who I assume has a first name. That's not just the letter W currently leads the par threes and is in third place in the par fours. So that sounds like a good thing. So I don't I don't know what you're looking at. That's like you're separating it out by pars. But here's what the, I don't know. Here's what the news article says, uh, golf.stat.whateverbedamned. But um, <laughs> so Tech tech struggled today finishing uh, on on finishing holes, uh, but they had a strong ending to round two, catapulting them into a tie for second through 36 holes. Um, they shot uh, plus six as a team on the final three holes in round one, uh, but they shot minus four today to finish the day shooting 287, which is minus one overall. And they are tied with Charlotte at plus seven going into the third and final round of stroke play. And they are three strokes back. So follow along on at LaTeX golf uh, Twitter tomorrow, and they will translate it for you. Like I just hopefully did. Did that make more sense? Yeah, I think that's all the sports. Uh, I'm seeing a women's soccer game in the calendar here that says what? TBA, even though it happened on Saturday. So I don't even want to try to figure out what that's I about. They, do they even play in? The- I don't know. They played Central Arkansas. It says, but it and says we're TBA. Really, we're really not going to mention the tennis team. Yeah, let's talk about tennis. Yeah. So they're, okay, they're, they're dead to me because they lost. Well, wow. They, they lose one game like the whole freaking season and yeah, you're I've never lost a collegiate sporting contest that, so fight that me. checks out that checks out so um, tech started the conference USA tournament up in Denton on Friday with a convincing four to nothing shutout victory over FAU and it says that they proved they belong on the big stage. I was trying to like follow along with their tweets, but they were just tweeting like what the scores were. <laughs> and then they tweeted like, like six, zero, six, three, six, four. And then it was like two, five, not completed or something. And I was like, well, what does that mean? They like called it off, but it just meant they didn't finish by the time uh, someone explained and shout out to whoever that was that you need to, you need to win four matches or whatever head to head and they're playing like five at the same time. But once you get to four points, it just ends and you don't have to finish the rest of it. 
So like, so it says, um, Leone, oh God, Leone <laughs> Shucknecked and Ilana Tetrashvili set the tone early with wins on court three. Um, so those count as like points, right? So once you get four points, you're good. You don't need any more. So I learned a little bit. I, I'm still confused. I mean, if we're being honest, but Tech went on to play top seeded FIU in the semifinals on Saturday and um, came up short, falling four to zero to FIU. So, you know, not not quite the result we had hoped for. I was hoping to have to drive to Denton on Sunday morning, but uh you know, I'll take uh, I'll take a semifinals performance here. Tennis kind of came out of nowhere, and hopefully they can keep going up. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to uh, I believe it was James Cottrell who was uh, providing yes. us some much needed, and, and William Smith as well at Techalamo Five providing some much needed context uh, for what we were looking at in terms of the live stats. Uh, that's that's the downside of trying to to cover all the different tech sports is that we end up talking about things we don't know too much about. But it's always fun to watch a team that we don't know nothing about succeed because that makes it, at least to me, a little bit more special. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and we want to, you know, we follow tech sports, right? So yeah, I don't know anything about tennis, but I want tech to win. I know that. That's I know all I need. You don't know. want it to hit the ground twice. Is that? <laughs> I think, right? You want it, it can hit the ground once and then you hit it back over. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I actually knew that. But, but if it hits it twice, uh, that's bad, I think. Sounds right, right. to me. Yeah, well, I, I think that's all the sports for this week. I think we I think we pretty much covered everything. Let's go to this week's tweet of the week. Yeah, Evan. So a little unconventional this week. What's the tweet of the week? Well, so while I was uh, going to our likes of our profile, I noticed that we had two thousand nine hundred ninety nine followers. So I was going to uh, call that out and say, you know, once we found the tweet of the week, be like, hey, somebody follow us. So we hit three thousand. Uh, then I refresh the page and we hit 3000. So your tweet of the week is us hitting 3000 followers, which is uh, pretty crazy. Not really a tweet. No, it's not a tweet, but it's about to be. I'm about to tweet it. So I'm manifesting it. <laughs> I mean, true. In this post Elon Musk world, what is or isn't a tweet? That's true. That's very true. <laughs> and on that profane advice, not profane, on that profound, profound. advice. <laughs> That about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or head to our blog at gtpdd.dog where you can read some old blog posts or buy the April shirt of the month. It's a Comfort Colors tee of train ain't stopping the current motto for this year's baseball team go ahead and get it before it jumps up in price by another five dollars and we end up with a may shirt of the month that is yet to be designed but i'm still trying to make my whole doc billy a goat wearing a cool hat and graduating thing work we'll see if that ends up happening or not but for now you can get the train ain't stopping shirt at gtpdd.dog slash shop I feel like the goat needs a monocle. I don't know why. Oh, man, that may be what does it. But I feel like the goat needs a monocle. I, I think that might, okay. you know, it's, he's I'll got the refinement. I'll talk to our art department. Yeah, okay. Talk well, to well, the graphic well, design team behind all of the great uh, t-shirts. Yeah, and if not, we'll fire them. GTBDD.dog slash shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And it's always weird when it's just two of us. It always feels like we need a third, but until next time... Go Tech, please don't die.
don't know. The texters are sweeping again. 10-game win streak coming up. Book it. Trying to quickly make sure that we've never been swept at home since the new softball stadium opened. Okay. You don't need to look uh, into that. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's don't fact check me. It's okay. not that kind of show. Uh, 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 uh. Okay. We're good. Um, all right. So nobody, yeah. has swept, nobody has swept us. Nobody has swept us since I the new ba- the softball you, stadium. Nobody sweeps at Doc Billy's house. Yeah. Uh, sweeps us. I mean, we yeah, sweep we swept people at our house. Got the nice brooms out and everything. Yeah. Hell yeah. 